being alone or isolated can be more detrimental than some chronic conditions actually starts breaking down the body. The more that we isolate, the more that we become depressed and the more that we get anxious. Hey, then we go and socialize and like people go to the bar and they start drinking. They're socializing, but then adding a depressant. It's crazy because not only are we fiending for this social experience and the social connection, but most of the things we do when we socialize are also inhibiting our ability to fully connect. Welcome to Wellbeings, the podcast that keeps you cool, calm, and connected with your host, Dominic Bowden. Hello, everybody. We are back, uh, and it feels good. Uh, and I think really that is what the Wellbeings mission is all about. And for the next few episodes, it's all about how we can best come together and feel cool, calm, and connected. It's all about community uh, and how important it is for our well-being. We're going to be chatting to some amazing guests from all over the world, starting today with Dr. Jonathan Leary. Jonathan's the founder of the world's first social wellness club currently on both coasts of America in Los Angeles and New York. And for anyone not familiar with Remedy Place, Jonathan's promise, which I love, you will always leave feeling better than when you walked in. Exploring different modalities from cryo, sauna, breath work, vitamin IVs, but really just building a place you can try these things, but also sit, socialize, and connect. But just before we start, many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dr. Jonathan Leary, it is so good to, to have you here and so much that I want to dig into. I want to start with how did we get here? I mean, we as humans, we are social animals. We thrive on connection, and it kind of feels that even pre-pandemic, uh, it was kind of slipping away as a priority for us. So I want to know, why do you think that was? Oh, man. I mean, I think, I think we're losing touch. You know, I think with so much stress is coming so much anxiety, and with so much anxiety is leading to so much depression. And I think with anxiety and depression, it, it kind of restricts us from these social scenes or certain interactions as that keeps evolving to become more and more of a thing, it's forced a lot of people to isolate. And on the flip side, you know, with my patients in my practice, you know, when I was, I can dive into all of this, but, you know, in order to make them healthy, it required them to make a lot of lifestyle changes. And these lifestyle changes, they would say, you know, Dr. Leary, you know, my X, Y, and Z problems are gone. And I never felt better. However, my social life is starting to suck. I feel like I'm starting to be isolated. And I was like, well, why do you think that is? And they're like, you know, when I travel, when I go to these events, when I go out with friends, when I go on dates, like everything has something that is, you know, probably not the healthiest thing for me. So over the five years, as I was constantly recurating and updating my business plan, the biggest thing that I always had noted was my patients would say that this new healthy lifestyle was inhibiting their ability to socialize. So I was like, oh wait, like I, I need to create a club that is temptation and toxin free 
and one that enhances their health and their social life at the same time. I really want to dig into the ethos and, and how Remedy plays the origin story. But I think you know, right now we kind of we are at this crossroad and it feels like we have the opportunity to take back control. We have the opportunity to learn new habits, new rituals uh, and maybe come out of this even stronger than before. So the question is, where do we start? And also just talk on the brain's ability to learn new things. It starts with reliable education. There's, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff out there that isn't great or isn't science backed or you know, is a fad diet or a buzzword. And I think so many people are so inquisitive and they're trying so hard. And my private practice, I was fortunate to work with some of the most powerful people in the world. And when taking them on as a patient and hearing that advice that they were getting or what they were doing when they were trying to be healthy, it killed me inside. So I'm like, if the most powerful people in the world are getting bad advice or following the wrong things, how does that translate all the way down to, you know, the average individual? And I think, you know, with Remedy Place, that's why our full focus is to be this free educational platform, to be that reliable source of education, to teach people, because these foundational pillars on how to be healthy are pretty simplistic and they're overlooked. And if anyone tells you that there's this shortcut or this quick fix, that's, it's a lie. You know, there's band-aids if there's an emergency, there's band-aids to get you feeling better in acute situation, but getting to the root cause and fixing it takes work and they have to be willing to do that. And it doesn't have to be all these fancy bells and whistles. You know, it's like, if you're in pain, you need to get things moving properly. If, if you're sick, look at what are you putting in your body? Cause anything you put in your body, or on your body's fueling or fighting disease. You know, if you're having trouble with mental health, what are we doing to be present and to shut off the mind and to find ways to counteract this anxiety and depression? These tips are, they're simple, you know? Um, and that's why for me, I'm like, if this is simple and we can give things that cost nothing, these tiny little changes that will make significant impact, we just need a platform. We need people to talk about it. Now people, like back in the day, it was if they had to be on a medication or they had to get surgery, if they were just told it, they just did it because that's what they were told. And now I think people are like, oh, like I want that to be my last, my last case scenario. And then if it has to go into surgery or medication, it should still be co-managed. You know, there's no reason why if you have to get surgery or you have to be on a certain medication, because there's a time and place for it all, but there's never a time that you shouldn't be making lifestyle changes, you know? Yeah, I mean, so much to dig into there. I think with my wellness journey, you know, one of the things that someone said to me is like, you've just got to be open. And I think we're at a moment now where people are more open than ever before. They're, they're, they're open to hearing new ways of thinking. They're exploring new modalities. You know, one of the things I think is at the beating heart of, of what the Remedy Movement is, and I think you personally and your mission is social connection. And I want to talk about the importance in this moment as we come back together, the importance of, of social connection. Yeah, I mean, I think the most fascinating part about it is the amount of research that's being done just on loneliness and how detrimental it is on your actual physical state. And some of these studies are even showing that being alone or isolated can be more detrimental than some chronic conditions. You know, and then people are like, oh, how could that be? And I'm like, oh, you know, how many cases have you ever heard of, you know, an elderly couple when one passes away, one quickly also passes away. That connection was so strong. And by losing that connection, it actually starts breaking down the body. 
you know? And I think a lot of people like that makes enough sense where they're like, oh yeah, I, I've known, I, I've seen that happen. And I think the more that we isolate, the more that we become depressed and the more that we get anxious. And it's kind of like this whole entire cycle. And then you think, hey, then we go and socialize and like people go to the bar and they start drinking, but they're socializing, but then adding a depressant on top of their already trouble with mental health. It's crazy because not only are we fiending for this social experience and the social connection, but most of the things we do when we socialize are also inhibiting our ability to fully connect. And that's where if we can create a healthy social experience, something that's also enhancing their physiology while with another human being, it's going to enhance their connection and bond. And if a connection is enhanced, that's going to help their mental health, their happiness. You know, something as simple as a hug lowers someone's cortisol levels. You know, these are clinically proven things that we have known for a while now. I think the science is so important, but I think personal journey and why people are showing up is, is, is a great place to, to explore. And I want to kind of know your road to getting here. You know, for a lot of people, when it comes to wellness, uh, it's for a loved one or there's an event that takes place. And so for you, what, what was it? I mean, are you doing this for someone? Is there someone in your mind that you're kind of going, this really was the genesis of, of why I wanted to, to make Remedy happen? Oddly enough, since I was a kid, I always knew that I wanted to be a doctor. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why, um, but it's always been what I wanted to be. My mom worked in the hospital, and my sister was also a nurse. Um, and I, you know, when you go the normal pre-med route, you have to volunteer a lot of hours, and you have to be in the hospital or be in these clinical settings. Over the years, I just realized I'm like, is this really what I want to do? You know, I saw these doctors that were miserable, you know, they, you know, they weren't sleeping, they're away from their families, they were working crazy hours. Our hospital settings are, there's so many patients. You don't really get to sit with your patients. You don't really get to know them. So I had this, like, not epiphany, but I just realized I'm like, wait, I had like a midlife crisis at 21. I was like, wait, I've been working so hard to get here. And I don't know if this is what I meant to do because my vision of helping people wasn't that. Like I said, there's a time and a place for these emergency settings. And thank God for all these types of medical doctors that are in these focuses because they're saving lives. But when I was really thinking through it, I was like, oh man, I don't know. And then I was introduced to a chiropractor in my hometown in Rhode Island. And the chiropractors in Rhode Island are mostly working on PI cases. This is, you know, personal injury. They're teaming up with lawyers. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do either, you know, but luckily uh, one of the doctors was like, you know, in California, chiropractors are primary care physicians and they can treat and diagnose anything. They just can't puncture the skin or prescribe meds. Like maybe, maybe you'll be a better fit for a chiropractor, but in California. And I had no idea. I never even got treated by a chiropractor. I was just like, you know what? I can get my doctorate and I can treat and diagnose anything. I'll figure out the perfect way for me to, you know, figure it out my own way. And through my doctor, every Sunday, I worked on my business plan for Remedy. And I actually opened up my private practice as a concierge practice doing house calls. And it really just blew up. Throughout my doctor, I learned so much in the sports medicine world from functional medicine to physiotherapy and Chinese medicine and chiropractic. And it was the first time I was also introduced to it all because I had nothing holistic back home. And over the years, I was like, oh, wow, this actually works. And oh, wow, like I want to add this to my tool belt. It's just crazy how it all came together because I had no idea what I was doing. And I wasn't even sure if I was doing the right thing. 
all I knew is that I wanted to create my practice and I wanted to treat people the way that I wanted to treat people. And over the years, as I learned all these different techniques, it kind of just built this whole entire thing. Um, but I was very fortunate in the sense that my private practice I had for five years, I was able to travel the world with cool people and cool families and save them from surgery. And I had a hundred percent success rate from any patient that said they had to get surgery. Not one of my patients ever got surgery. Um, I got into consulting and speaking engagements and hosting retreats all over the world. And I also got to work on remedy place for five extra years. Um, and I got to do all the clinical evidence and market research and truly just listening to my patients, knowing what they wanted, knowing what they needed, finding a solution, figuring out the business, figuring out the finances. And then the time came and I was finally able to open it. And it's been absolutely amazing. Isn't timing everything as well? I mean, the world that we live in now, they are so ready for, for Remedy Place. And one of the things, you know, I know you say is like, is your doctor the healthiest person you know? You know, and we live in a world where it is the sick care system. And people yeah. are looking for doctors like you. Obviously, Remedy Place is not in every city in the world, hopefully one day. But, you know, right now when yeah. we're talking education, you know, what should people be thinking? What, you know, what questions should people be asking their doctors? Such a loaded question. I think one, it's the first primary thing they need to ask themselves, am I willing to put in the work? Because I think a lot of the times where why we've gotten to this whole entire sick care healthcare system is that people have been a little lazy. You know, people want the quick fix. They don't want to change their life. When I take on a patient, it was it was in an interview. Like I didn't take on a patient if they weren't willing to put in the work because I don't want to waste my time, but I also don't want to tell them I can fix something when I can't fix it if they don't make those changes. So I think that the first question is, is am I, am I ready to make these changes to make myself healthy? And am I willing to put in the work? And then after that, it's one, how am I taking care of my mental health? How am I being present? I think it's starting to rewire their brain where we, you know, we tell ourselves so many things over and over again, and then we train our bodies and our minds to think that we're in a certain box. But there's so many ways to rewire your brain and there's so many ways to refresh and shift from this conscious state to the subconscious state and and really learn to be present. And then with food, like I was saying, everything that you put in your body, is this making me healthier? Or is this making me worse? Find a really good nutritionist, you know, that can help guide you because simple little tricks on what you're putting in your body is going to fix the majority of your issues. I don't care what it is. It truly is crazy that when you give the body exactly what it needs and you take away what it doesn't need, it starts to heal. When you get a cut, it scabs over, it heals. When you break a bone, the bone regrows. I mean, your body is so incredible. And when you give it the tools, it fixes itself. We've had this whole fitness craze where we've got everyone to work out, or at least majority of people. Every city, people are working out. Some people are working out more than my pro athletes. But I think most of this fitness industry is wrong. You know, we've taught people it's like no pain, no gain and pushing it to the limits and just like killing the body. And unless you're an athlete, there's no reason to be strong and powerful. We need to be functional and pain free. So it's like working with a trainer that understands these like foundational pillars of fitness to make sure that you can do what you're supposed to do and be pain free because we start to break down as we get older. And let's make sure that we're not causing more pain. Finding these alternative medicine doctors, they're going to help get to the root cause and make sure that we're not waiting till we go over the cliff edge. You know, we're, we're being preventative. We're understanding that just because I feel healthy today doesn't mean that I'm gonna be healthy tomorrow. And I think we take it for granted um, because we're 
you know, for the most part, born with these perfectly functioning, healthy bodies. And majority of the conditions that we deal with as an adult are self-inflicted by our lifestyle. I want your take on social media, right? And people going to TikTok to get educated or Instagram uh, and it's small snippets, 30 second hack, you know, a six pack in six weeks or whatever it is. You know, what's your take on the dangers of self-medicating through, you know, through digital platforms like TikTok and, and, and Instagram? Okay. It can go one of two ways, right? I think follow reliable sources. Don't like for health and wellness, because someone looks good doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. In LA, I see so many trainers that are models and actors that are look like a perfect human specimen, but just because they look good doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. But I've also seen on the flip side where I've, you know, surprisingly, like my team used to make fun of me two years ago. I was on TikToks. I wanted to make, oh, this is a new platform. We're going to do Remedy on it. And they all laughed and they joked. I'm like, what are you doing? That's for kids. It was blowing up and I stopped, which I shouldn't have. But for me, I don't know if this is appropriate to say on on here, but like my, it, it caters to what you want, right? You know, I've learned so many cool little life hacks or like stupid little things around the house or fix it things. And I'm like, there is power in that. Um, so I think it's really just making sure that it can be a very powerful source, but just make sure you're checking who you're listening to. Because it also... Just because it got went viral doesn't mean that it's correct, you know? I think, and certainly being in Los Angeles, you know, people are fascinated by celebrity culture. What we've got now is these people that are leading the charge in the space, they're becoming celebrities in their own right. You know, you look to Los Angeles and you go, years ago it was drugs and partying, and now in some ways the new hedonism is wellness, you know, is biohacking, yeah. is people kind of competing to see who's going to live longer. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I think there was a, I almost got interviewed or I got interviewed, but it never was a part of this episode or documentary for Vice. And it was a little controversial, like within the captions, I almost didn't want to do it, but it was like how people's like nutritionist or yoga instructors are like the new religion. They're like the whole entire wave was how like these health, like leaders, people are going to and praising and like leaning on more than their religion. And it was like, obviously religion's a very controversial thing to talk about. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, I don't, I don't know if I sign up for this, but it was interesting to see how, you know, when you look at these meditation studios or these yoga studios and these gyms, like it is a gathering and it is like this powerful energy where they're looking up to this trainer or this meditation instructor or health coach. And you know, your health coach or your trainer, or your nutritionist could be more beneficial than your doctor. Cause most of these people, they're, they're with their trainer more than most people, you know? So they're really spending a lot of time with them. And if you spend a lot of time with somebody, you get to know them a lot better. If you get to know them better, you can help them a lot better. You know, it's not so generic because everyone's so different. So I meet you for two or three minutes. There's only so much I can give you advice-wise. But if I know more about you and your lifestyle and you know, what you're struggling with or what you're excelling with, I can help you way better. So true. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You know, I talked before about us being social, and I think we are social creatures. There's this energy right now, I think, around the globe uh, as we come back together. Almost a realization of how much we've missed it. I know you've been traveling. You know, you just got back from Cannes Film Festival. You know, went out to Coachella. And I want to know your take. Can you feel that energy? 100%. I think everyone being alone for a little bit, you know, for the first couple of months, it really made people reflect and internalize and understand what they wanted in life, what made them happy. I think it also made them look at their careers. Like, is, is my career making me happy? Are the people around me making me happy? Is my relationship making me happy? So I think there's a healthy amount of like you time, you know, it is important to have that time to be present within yourself to understand more about yourself and what you love and what makes you happy. But I think we had way too much alone time. And I think that's where too much of anything can be bad. And I think we reached a point where this isolation has caused a lot of mental health problems. It was, it was a real test. You know, even for me, I've, I work like a hundred hours a week. I've never been alone. I've never shut off for me to be alone in my house for a month and a half. I w- almost went crazy for the first, first month and a half. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to do. It was so crazy for me, but also it, it taught me a lot. So I think you, you need to be able to, you know, be happy in silence and figure all that out. But yeah, now it's roaring. I mean, people feel it and they, we need that human connection. That's what makes us happy. It's cool to see all of our events come back. And like you were saying, like Coachella and Can, and it's also cool to see that the social life coming back and people wanting to do healthy things like at Coachella, I'll never forget it. Cause I, for me, you know, as a chiropractor, you know, there's so many stigmas on people hating chiropractors, fake doctors, quacks, whatever. At our event with the Tao group, we did this whole thing with, you know, vitamin IVs, vitamin injections, our ice bath classes, our chiropractor. And it was a full party with a DJ and a bar and people gathering and the chiropractic station was across from the bar and there was a longer line for the chiropractor than the bar all event. And I just sat there and I'm like, this is probably one of the coolest moments of my life to see that there's more people waiting in line to be adjusted than to get a drink at a music festival. Like, (laughs) and I was like, wow, this is, this is really changing. Like you said, it's like the right timing. And I feel like there could not be a better time in the world for Remedy to exist. Everything's just in this crazy flow state. And I, I'm just so grateful that people are waking up. I grew up in a small town in Rhode Island, like I was saying. And, you know, even my friends back home where they were like, what is John doing now? You know, and now they're asking questions. Oh, I'm having this gut issue. No one knows what they're doing here. Can you help? And even now with social media, it's creeping into these small towns where people are like, Oh wait, this isn't working. Now I need to need to go search. So it's it's so wild. It's still like it it's still like make gets me emotional. So I'm like, this is the coolest time to be doing what we're doing. It feels like in some ways the one silver lining of of what we've been through. It's kind of democratized wellness. You know, it used to be about A-listers and super, people that were super wealthy, but now it is for everyone, isn't it? I mean, a million percent. Yeah, I mean it's it's all happening. And look what I mean, like these foundational pillars of health that don't cost anything anyone can do. Anyone can learn how to move. Anyone can learn how to eat based on their budget. 
anyone can learn breath work. Anyone can learn cold therapies and cold shower. Like it's so tangible and so easy. But once again, it just comes down to who are the leaders in the space that are leading by example and educating. I love the Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And everyone has the best intentions a lot of the time with wellness. And it's like, I, I do this and I, I drink the water and I don't watch TV. And then you just slowly get back into old habits and slowly, slowly you're back to where you started. For people out there that have tried and they really want to be better, you know, what, what, what do we say to them? How do we encourage them, you know, to, to have a bit more compassion towards themselves and just to know that we're all just trying the best we can? Yeah, I think the, the first step is understanding there's no way to be perfect and it's okay to mess up and it's okay to, to like do things you're not supposed to do. I think it's like the stress when someone does something bad or they're on a diet and they cheat on their diet and they're like miserable and stressed, like you need to let it go. I remember when I would try to like diet and eat healthy, I'd be like, oh, this sucks, I hate this. And now it's so integrated into my life that I feel the opposite if I do it the other way. You know, I feel so good. Like I don't want to do anything that inhibits me. You know, like, I love my routine, but that, that didn't happen overnight. That I've been in LA for 10 years. You know, it probably took me like five or six years to really truly love every step of my regimen. You know, even like my patients over the years are like, I hate this. Once you start feeling good, no one hates feeling good. And when you realize that you can keep feeling better and that there's no limit, you never want to go backwards. You should get over this hump. And there's multiple humps as you keep growing. Um, but I find once people get it down, they never, they never really go back. It's just those beginning stages. It's stepping outside and, and, and trying to push yourself just a little bit. You know, we have such a short time on the planet. You know, I just read this book called 4,000 Weeks, The Average Human Life. You know, it's just gone in the blink of an eye. So how important uh, is it to encourage people to maybe be brave uh, and step outside their comfort zone? You need to change to grow. You know, if you do the same things every single day, you can't, you can't grow. The, the trouble is, is change is uncomfortable. And if change is uncomfortable, a lot of people revert back to what is comfortable. But what, what will begin to happen, or at least what's happened for me and a lot of my patients is you find joy and excitement with being uncomfortable because that means you're growing. If you look at any difficult challenge in your life, and then you look at the other side and there's so much to be grateful for, but you never want to be in that position of being uncomfortable and being stressed. But usually when there's most stress and most change is where we grow the most. Every time I've gone through anything difficult, that's where I've really like up to the next frequency, you know, and it's, it's cool. So now I'm like, all right, difficult time. This just means growth. I've just found comfort in it. And I, I have so many big dreams and like so many big goals. And that means I'm going to have to go through a lot of change. And that means it's going to be really hard, but that is also where all the rewards going to be. One of the fascinating statements that, that you guys have is one of the core pillars is that movement cures pain. And it's so against what we taught growing up. You know, if you're in pain, you should lie still. And I'd love yeah. for you to break down the, I guess the ethos of the, the, the statement, you know, that movement cures pain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even like growing up, same thing, like any rehabilitation, like anything you look at used to be the acronym RICE, rest, ice, compress, elevate. I don't even know how many years ago they changed it, but now it's 
mice. It's movement, ice, compression, elevate. The thing with pain, when there's pain in an area, you can't have pain without inflammation. With inflammation there, usually the body, you know, it's smart. It wants to protect, you know, so all the muscles are going to tense up. With all those muscles tensing up, if there's not movement, that leads to more pressure. If there's more pressure, there's more inflammation. So, you know, like something simple as like, if you can't touch your toes, you're going to have low back pain. You know, in order to have healthy joint mobility, you need to restore motion in that joint. So the second most common reason why people miss work in America is just low back pain because they're seated all day. They're not moving. What happens when you don't move is all these muscles tighten up. You know, you have disc vertebrae, disc vertebrae. The disc doesn't have its own natural blood supply. So the only way that it gets its blood supply is through a process called imbibition. Imbibition is basically when there's movement in that joint capsule, it basically allows you to steal the blood supply of the surrounding tissues and helps keep that disc nice and full. You know, I think it was like a shock absorber. However, when you look at x-rays and you look at studies and you look at where the deterioration is in a spine, it's always in the same areas, right where the spine meets the pelvis because it's very hard to get motion in that lower part of the back. And it's always where the neck meets the upper back because it's really hard to get motion there. So there's things like, you know, when you're in your neck, you're always moving. So like neck has good range of motion. You'll always see healthy joints there. Same thing with mid back. You know, you'll always see for the most part, unless there's a major trauma, you know, healthy joint space there. And we just know that if those joints aren't moving, that's where arthritic changes happen. That's where your body starts to break down. The reason why this whole opioid epidemic is, is when people are in pain, they became so reliant on these medications because you take an opioid, these pain meds, you numb the pain and you're like, oh, I feel fine. You go about, you start moving and you're just, you don't feel the pain. So you're aggravating the pain and then it wears off and you're in more pain. And then it's this whole snowball effect where you need to move. You need to get that. That's where like chiropractic is the fastest way to increase joint range of motion out of anything. And I think now just because of postural issues and because everyone's doing the same thing where they're seated on their phones and typing and eating, like everything's always in this hunched over position and you have this crazy muscle imbalance from front to back. You know, everything in the back is weak because it's pulled on and everything in the front is tight and condensed because this is where our posture is. When people sleep, everyone feels more comfortable in the fetal position because all those muscles in the front are so much tighter. So instead of trying to pull and elongate everything there because that would stretch everything, the natural body's reaction is wants to go into this, you know, little fetal position because that's where, you know, everything's being pulled. The problem with that is it's like a seesaw. If you're on one side and it's, and it's uneven, all of a sudden there's eventually going to be problems with your back and your neck. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Cause everyone in my, like my focus initially was surgery prevention and chronic pain rehabilitation. Most people are in pain. And then all of a sudden I'm like, like I have to get surgery. I've been in chronic pain for three years and they get one session. They're like, I'm not in pain. And I'm like, like you're a miracle worker. I'm like, I'm not a miracle worker. I just got your body to move. And if your body's moving, you're getting blood flow to that area. What does blood do? It has the oxygen and the nutrients start healing. So let's say an elderly person breaks their hip. They usually die within a year because they're not moving. As we get older, the more, the less we move, the more we break down. So that's why it's so important, even as we get older, go for a walk, do your little exercises. You have to move. If you're just sitting in your chair all day, it's sad. You know, I have a grandmother who's in her 90s and she was like, 
spunky and like she's so independent. She do her exercise every day. She go for her long walk, and she lives in an assisted living uh, establishment. And they didn't allow her to not only not see anybody, but she wasn't allowed to leave like her place. It kills me to see how much she's deteriorated, how much she's aged just within these two years. And it's, you know, she wasn't allowed to be around people. She wasn't allowed to do things that made her happy and she wasn't able to move. Crazy. I mean, it's honestly, bro, it's so amazing to hear someone speak so passionately about the subject, right? And, and I think it's landing on just so many people. I, I, there's a lot of people right now, uh, I think, that are doing or wanting to educate themselves to help someone in their life. How do we engage with people that maybe aren't quite sure or aren't quite ready to take that first step? What I've learned is never try to force someone. You know, it's hard. My family's all very skinny and they think they can do whatever they want and eat whatever way they want. And they're healthy because they're skinny. That's not how it works. Over the years, I've tried so hard to, you know, like almost like pressure my sisters or my, my parents I'm like, you guys have to make these changes. And you're like, oh, you're just from LA and whatever. I realized it would create so much stress for me to see them not taking control of their health. You can't force someone to do something. All I can do is lead by example and hope that that inspires them. And I found that that applies in every aspect, even outside of health within my family and patients, when you say, is your doctor the healthiest person you know, you leading by example and showing what the benefits are of taking care of yourself and them seeing that happiness, seeing the success in so many aspects of life, it's inspiring. Seeing people progress and like grow in such a cool way, that is more likely to get them to make these changes than you trying to stay on top of them or push. And I've seen it now, like almost all my family, you know, even a year or two ago, my sister was like, she made all these dietary changes and she's feeling amazing. She's like, John, you were right. And I was like, yes, of course. Do you think I was lying to you? Like, of course, like, you know, but it it didn't matter what I said over all the years. It just took whatever stage in her life to make her want to start. The light switch goes on. You can't turn someone else's light switch on. And I find it extremely fascinating on how it all comes down to you. You, you want to help somebody else, help yourself first. You know, we think it's so selfish to think about putting yourself first, but the best way to help somebody else is to make sure that you're the best version of yourself. It would be interesting to know uh, what a bad day looks like for you and what's in the toolbox. What are the things that you consistently go to in your toolbox to help solve that problem? Yeah, wow. Um, wasn't expecting that one. Let's see. Um, a tough day for me is I, I genuinely love what I do so much. You know, everyone's like, you need to disconnect or like, you can't only work. And I do work like a hundred hours a week. You know, right now we're building a whole new club. We open in three months. I need to hire 30 people. We're building a new website, building out a corporate team. We're hosting events all over. A bad day for me is when I, I, I really just feel like I'm behind and I can't catch up, you know, and it, it is stressful, but then I just realized that, you know, 90% of these stressors are things of the past or things you can't control. So I try, like when I'm stressed out, I'm like, okay, what do I have control over? And I, if I don't have control over, I got to let it be. And I'm really like 
organized and OCD with all my planning. So, you know, for me, I just prioritize, I slow down, maybe I'll do a little breath work, but these simple practices and just understanding that life goes on and that you kind of have to just go with the flow and you have to roll with the punches and you just have to surrender. That's kind of what has gotten me through. Cause everyone's like, how are you not stressed? And I'm like, cause why, if I stress about stress, isn't what's that makes things worse. You know, it's just, this is where it is. This is rapid change. This is rapid growth. It's supposed to be hard. Be grateful for this hardness. And I just reflect, you know, and I think I understand that tomorrow's a new day that I'm so grateful that I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I found my passion. And it's usually just this mental pep talk of just being understanding and just looking at it from like larger scope of things of like, wow, like nothing really matters. And I think that is what helps me on my bad day. It's just when I can't catch up, I understand that eventually I will. You know? Yeah, you, you mentioned gratitude, the power of gratitude to, to really change your life. You know, people talk about gratitude as a wellness practice, you know, and I try and do it daily. Just put some intention on, on what you're, you're, you're happy about in your life. I mean, it's, it's everything. You know, I think there's so many things that we take for granted. Health is something that is so overlooked and it's like, we don't even think about it. I take so much like pride in making sure I take care of myself because it doesn't matter how successful you are or, you know, how happy you are, how much money you have. If you're sick, you can't buy back your health. And I think first it's really like, oh, wow, I can breathe. Oh, wow, I can move. Oh, wow, I can think. Oh, wow, I have someone special in my life. You have to find those things and then cherish them because there's always going to be people better or worse than you. And I think you should never compare yourself to anybody else. You know, we're all on our own journeys and we all have things that we should be happy and proud of. You know, the more stress we, we get, the less time we have to really sit with ourselves and really think through it. And that's where I think, you know, the times that you get to be alone, those times alone are also important. Just make sure they're not too much. Um, but when you achieve that presence and you get that you time, you know, that's the best time for new ideas to come. Close your eyes and think about what you want. And I'm such a visual person. You know, my meditation is like this visualization manifestation where I close my eyes and until I can see what I want, whether it's how I want a meeting to go, how I want a relationship to be, you know, how I want to treat a patient. For me, I have to see it. You have to, it's so powerful to really have that intention and to manifest what you want. You can be anything you want. And if you work hard and you do the right things and you have good intentions, you know, sky's the limit. Before we started this call, you were saying how excited you are by so much that's going on. And I guess as a last question, if you think yeah. about the future, whether it's, you know, Remedy as an education platform, you know, Remedy as a podcast, you know, Remedy just as a resource for people, you know, what excites you about the future? The thing that I love about Remedy today is that everyone always leaves feeling better than they walked in. And I saw that within my practice, I was able to help a lot of people, but I wasn't able to really scale that. Now to have the first brick and mortar location and to see the impact that it has on all these people every day, I'm able to help a lot more. You know, as these clubs start popping up in every city, that only multiplies. As we start building this education platform and, and really delivering the free education, 
and teaching people how to take control of their health, that helps so many more, you know? And then as we start really becoming this highly profitable business and funding this research in alternative medicine, we can start proving the science that needs to be done to show people that all this alternative medicine is, you know, amazing and it does work and it is scientifically proven. The, the hope and the dream is to change healthcare, but you know, like all these dreams and these goals and even where remedy is today has surpassed what I thought it was going to be. And it's cool to see that people are really responding, you know, naturally, you know, we don't, haven't done any marketing. We don't, we're not selling things. It's just people want to be well and they're not, they don't feel well. If you make someone healthy, that ripples into every aspect of their life. It's going to help improve their relationships, their work, their creativity, their mental health, all of these things. So like, Something so simple, changing someone's day one time could lead to a life-changing event that they do or they like crush a meeting or they find someone that they love because they were shining brighter that day. Like the movement's starting and, uh, and to know the impact that it's made just with one tiny little club in one place in the world through a pandemic, you know, in a couple of years or four or five, 10 years, um, you know, it, I, I don't even know. Like I'm, I just am beyond excited to see the impact that it makes and just to see it naturally flow. You know, it's, I know it's meant to be because it's just naturally happening and takes a lot of work, but you know, there's a weird magnet to remedy and that's why I know it's going to be something big. John, thank you so much for the time. I, I love talking with you. Yeah. You, you obviously, you love it and, it and it shows and, you know, just keep doing all the incredible work you're doing over there, man. Thanks, man. And I appreciate the opportunity and, you know, sharing your time with me today. Thanks, brother. Well, thank you so much to Jonathan for being here and for the epic movement that he is creating here stateside. The work he is doing, helping educate people on the ways that we can feel good, but also feel connected. Head to RemedyPlace.com to be a part of his epic community. And most importantly, more than anything, we want to thank you for being a part of ours. If you like the show, it would mean a lot to subscribe or even better, help us get out to more people by reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite pods. More than anything, we want to connect with you though. So if something jumped out at you, you've got any questions, you want to do a deeper dive, we would love to hear from you. We are Wellbeings on all socials or wearewellbeings.com. Let's do it again soon with a new episode. Until then, we appreciate you being here. Have a great week. To all the team that works so hard to pull this together, thank you. To our wonderful producers, Hello Television, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.